Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have a special guest, Michael Unbroken. Now, Michael, we were talking before. I found you on my friends uh, Luis and Fonzie's podcast, Content is Profit, um, and I've dug into your world a little bit more, and it's amazing. But for people that don't know you, can you just give us a little bit of your background and your story? I mean, I know you're a top 10 podcaster. You do a lot of wonderful, amazing things. But just for people that don't know you, give us just a little bit of your background. Yeah, so today, uh, you know, I'm a best-selling author, award-winning speaker, top 10 international podcast host, blah, 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 right? But my, my mission is very simple. Um, it's to end generational trauma in my lifetime so another kid doesn't have a story like mine. Um, my, my story is dark. Uh, you know, it's really chaotic, and, it, and it's unlike, you know, it's kind of like a movie. You know, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, holy shit, is this real? When, when I was four years old, um, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, uh, she actually cut off my right index finger. And people always be like, well, how could your mom ever do that? And the, the truth is hurt people hurt people. And she married my stepfather when I was six. He was crazy abusive, like the kind of guy who would pull kids out of my childhood homeless and deeply in poverty. In fact, between eight to 12 years old, I lived with 30 different families, three zero. Wow. Right. And so we're getting bounced around place to place to place. I'm living in vans. I'm living by myself with strangers. And then when I was 12 years old for about six weeks, I lived in an abandoned house by myself. My grandma found out, came and got me. She adopted me after this. And, you know, to some extent that was a godsend, but I'm biracial, black and white. And she's an old racist ass white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. Yeah. So, you know, insert identity crisis. And I started getting high when I was 12, smoking weed, popping pills, doing other things, drunk at 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I'm like breaking into houses, stealing cars, robbing people, getting shot at. Like it was wild, man. It was like, we were doing some crazy shit. Yeah. And, um, and, and I get a call one day from the guidance counselor and they're like, you need to come to school. The dean wants to talk to you. And I'm like, for what? I'm already like, why? And I, I go in and, and they're like, we're going to give you an opportunity to join this last chance program. And this last chance program, I, when I, decided that yes, I was going to do it, really started to solidify some thoughts that I had about a possible future. Because we were learning how to write resumes and cover letters. We were doing mock interviews. Like it was crazy. I'd never done anything like this in my life and I'm 16 years old. Well, fast forward a little bit. I end up not graduating high school. Um, I get a call from my girlfriend one day and she's like, uh, your name's not on the graduation list. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And my first thought was like, Joe, I literally knew. I knew what it was. I get, in, I get in the car. I drive to school. I go upstairs, second floor, corner of the building. Mr. Bush, my business teacher, irony of all ironies, is the one who failed me. And I walk up to him and I'm like, how dare you fail me? Like, you know, being an honorary 18 year old, he goes, I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. And then he told me the most important thing anyone has ever told me in my life. He goes, if you want to get by in life, you've got to earn it. You cannot get by in your charms and in your good looks. And, and that changed everything for me. And I had to go to summer school. I was super embarrassed. All my friends uninvited me from their graduation parties. I became the laughing stock of the school. It was awful. It was awful. And I get in summer school and the teacher in summer school goes, dude, you know what? We're done with you. We're just going to give you the diploma. Get out. And I was like, that's literally the opposite of what just happened to me. Like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. And, and so I go to, I, I'm working this job at this warehouse. I'm putting microchips in motherboards all day long, 12 hours a day, and just watching despair in people's eyes, watching desperation. Like, this is, this is where dreams go to die, man. Yeah. And um, everyone kept telling me, you know, just do a good job. And then one day you'll be manager. Do a good job. And one day you'll be manager. 
And uh, I got fired mm-hmm. um, probably because I was stoned. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, all right, hold on, time out. What is happening right now? What is the solution for this? Poverty, homelessness, abuse. I was like, it's money. It's gotta be. What else would it be? And that day I made a declaration to myself. I said, I want to make $100,000 a year legally by the time I'm 21. Mm-hmm. And the legal part was super important, man. Because Joe, I got family in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Wow. Like I knew where I was going. And so those skills that I learned in that last chance program, I started to use them. And I ended up getting a job at a fast food place. And I'm in a leadership role with 52 people under me, right? I'm, I'm literally like 18 years old. And so you can imagine I made every single leadership mistake known to man. Mm-hmm. And I'm chatting with a friend one day on MySpace. And he's like, hey, man, uh, I just got a brand new Chevy Tahoe. And I'm like, how? Like, you're the same dummy that I used to get stoned with and skip school. How could you do this? He's like, oh, I got a job at an insurance company. Mm -hmm. And Joe, my mind was blown, dude, because I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. I had no idea. My whole premise for life was repossessions, buy here, pay here, HUD housing, government food stamps, you know, powdered milk. Like, that was my life. Mm -hmm. And that cha- that moment literally changed the trajectory of everything that was next because I finally had seen someone else had done it. And so I started just writing resumes, cover letters, interviewing. I got told no probably 200 times. Yeah. And then finally, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company. No high school diploma, no college education. I started making six figures. Well, my first year at 21 years old, I was a little bit shy. I made $96,800. So, you know, I I didn't hit my goal all the way, but I mean, damn. That's pretty damn good. For For 21 21, with no high school diploma, you ain't doing too bad. No, you're doing great. And then, you know, I started, the money kept going up and up and up and up and up and up. And then my life became a disaster. And five years into this, I'm 350 pounds smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, high from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, cheating on my girlfriends, $40,000 in debt, right? Just all the chaos of life. I was living into what everyone told me I would be. And the next day after the worst night of my life, I'm laying in bed. Now, dude, keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. I'm eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint and watching the CrossFit games. (laughs) That's awesome. Dude, rock bottom. Like the only way it'd have got lower is if I killed somebody. And I promise you, I was probably on my way, Mm -hmm. really, truthfully. And for whatever reason that in that moment, I got up, I went to the bathroom, I looked at myself in the mirror and I, I remembered being eight years old and the water company came and turned our water off. And this was always happening. This was not new. But this particular day, I grabbed this little blue bucket, blistering hot Indiana, August summer day. I walk into the backyard. I grab this bucket, go across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. And I remember being like, man, when I'm a grown up, this will not be my life. Yeah. And as I was looking at myself in the mirror, I was like, oh, my God, dude, you broke that promise to yourself. And I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And that meant I wasn't going to be a victim anymore. I wasn't going to blame Joe, wasn't going to blame my community, my family, my friends, my church, my anything. Everything was Michael's fault from that moment forward. And most importantly, I decided I would no longer negotiate with myself. And 12 years later, here I am talking to you. That dude, that's amazing. Like your story is just crazy. Like the, what you went through. So the question that just pops out to me the most right now is this. You made the decision, but where do you think that decision came from? Because I like I grew up in the country. I grew up poor. I grew up in that whole type of scenario. So I relate with you on some levels, not all the way, but on some sure. levels. What made you make that decision or how did you just 
because I know a lot of people listening to this are like, how the hell did he just make the decision to change? Well, you know, when you hit your thousandth rock bottom, <laughs> you know, like truthfully, it was like, <clears throat> I'd made massive changes in my life in, in previous times, right? Going from poverty to $100,000 a year. Dude, like, think about it. Your show is a perfect example of that the title alone, like I cleared 150 when I was 23. Yeah. Nobody does that, dude. No. Nobody does that. And, and it was like that money that came from my belief in myself. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem, Joe, that people don't talk about enough is my alignment, my clarity, my mission, my vision, my values, my goals only had to do with money. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. I had nothing else working for me. And so, because I had no clarity about anything else, everything else was a disaster. And so I always kind of inherently have felt like I was supposed to do something that mattered with my life. Ever since I was a kid, like, dude, I I remember one time I was sitting in the, I've never shared this story before. You're going to be the first person in hundreds of podcasts I've ever shared this with, because it just came to my mind. Thank you. Sitting in my living room at my step grandma's house. This woman was a fucking monster, like literally the worst human being I've ever met in my life. And Hanson was a thing, right? Yep, I remember. So, you know, they're a boy band if you don't know who they are. And they were really kind of like the first rock boy band. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember sitting there and she looks at me and she goes, why don't you do something with that, like that with your life? And I was like, because you didn't buy me a fucking drum set. And I remember in that moment, just really being like, one day I'm going to do something great, man. I was a part of it was I was just mad. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it was like, I just, you know, there's that calling we all have inside of us. Like that thing that drives you where you're like, man, I want this more than I want to fucking breathe. And, and it's really been that with clarity that helped me shift my life because the thing that I wanted at 25 heading into 26 years old at this rock bottom was to love myself. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And, you know, it's really interesting because people will assume that I have this radical 180. But I'll tell you this between 26 to 30, all I did was suffer. It was one step forward, a million steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Every single time things would change, I'd fuck it up. And, and you know why? This is the thing that people leave out. This is the conversation not, been, not, have, not being had enough in personal development and mental health and business and entrepreneurship on podcasts in general. The thing that I carried with me from childhood, it wasn't the finger. It wasn't the abuse. It wasn't the scars or the burns. It was the theft of identity. Because I realized at 27, I had zero confidence. Mm-hmm. Imagine making a million dollars and having zero confidence, right? You spend every penny. I have nothing to show for that money, except a lot of long drunken nights, parties, drugs, women, all the chaos that comes along with it. And, And in that window of growth, the thing that I was doing was I was just focusing on that goal. So it was the same way I focused on that goal for 100,000. I was now focusing on the goal of love myself. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't understand it. I couldn't really put meaning to it, but I said, I'm going to focus on that goal. And because of that, and, and this ideation of no excuses, just results, what happened was I was going to all the therapy, all the coaching, all the seminars and conferences, reading all the books. Podcasts weren't really a thing back then, but you had yeah. some, some people I was, it was really more YouTube shows back then, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, 10, 11 years ago. And so I was deep into all that, just learning, 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 and, and holding myself accountable. And I made huge mistakes, dude. I make huge mistakes even today. And it's just like, well, guess what? That's, that's a lesson. There's so much information in failure. And so when, when people say, well, what did you do? It was very simple. I got clear about what I wanted. That's it. That's the whole game. Business, life, relationships, health, money, vacations, 
man, the worst thing you could ever do is be like, I'm going on vacation and just get off a plane somewhere and not know what you're doing. Like, at least that's how I feel about it. Right. Some people are like, that sounds amazing. I'm like, that sounds terrifying. (laughs) And so, you know, it's massive clarity that became the marker for success in my life. You grab a damn pen and a piece of paper and you write out your dreams, your goals, your ideas, your reality. You focus on that till it comes true. Well, understanding it's going to take a long time, a long, long, long time. And, you know, I love entrepreneurship, but, you know, I'll tell you this, after being an entrepreneur really my entire life, running multiple companies, building multiple seven-figure companies, you know, doing a lot of things I've done in the mental health space, you know, so much of it is about the clarity I have. You have to know what you're doing and most people don't. And so the reason that I've been able to find success in this is because I just got clear. I said, what? And then I don't argue with myself. I don't negotiate with myself and I move towards it. And entrepreneurs and business owners and people trying to have successful careers, the reason why they can't is because they're negotiating all the time. Yeah. Yeah. They're negotiating every day. Man, I love that. You hit so many amazing points here. The one that popped out to me first was you had to figure out and love yourself because making money is making money. And then there's times when you made that decision and then you actually had to go through the process of growing into who you are now. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, you can just do this overnight or do this one course or this one thing. And it's not that way. Like I've been in sales 15 years. I didn't start breaking the 100K barrier until like five years ago. And it was that process of learning and growing and messing up. Um, so let's talk a little bit deeper about that. Why do you think it is? Well, I mean, I think we know how it is. But why do people, I think entrepreneurs and business owners run toward a thing to hide from really truly finding their passion or purpose or themselves? Or am I off on that? Like, it's like no, we get no, busy no, no. with it. We get doing things and yeah, I'll, we cover well, things. Here, well, you know, I, I had that moment in that side because I remember I'm going to tell, I'm going to say something that's going to really hit a chord with people, probably not in the way that they're expecting. When I, when I first left working in insurance, um, everyone told me I was crazy. Everybody. You're never going to make this much money. You're never going to have this much sex. All my friends, dude, all of my friends had master's degrees, bachelor degrees. Like one of them's like a huge corporate lawyer. I was, I was trumping them in money. Mm-hmm. Right. I just was, cause I got really good at sales at a really young age. And, and when I made that transition and I started building my first legal business, which is really important. Yep. <laughs> the thing that happened was, man sabotaging it every turn just not charging my worth not even knowing my worth not building the right packages not having a sell script not having a crm and a funnel not building out advertising and marketing not knowing core mission values right not knowing mission statements not knowing all the things that matter right i'll give you a great example of what i mean by this Today, like think I'm broken. Like, look, I'm wearing my brand. It's on my hat. It's on my clothes. The fucking hex code for this gold is DAA520. Tell me you love your business. Tell me your hex code. I dare you, right? The reason, and this is going to be uncomfortable for people to hear. The reason you suck at your business is because you actually don't give a shit about it. Mm -hmm. You don't love it so much that you're willing to work 18 hours a day. You don't love it so much that you're going to say no to all of the people who want your attention all the time. You don't love it so much that you're going to invest in reading all the books and going to all the conferences and listening to all the podcasts and creating all the plans and writing all the SOPs and learning all the brand colors and all of those things. And that's okay, but you have to admit it to yourself. And that's the reason why people don't succeed in entrepreneurship because they're like, man, if I could only make $100,000 a year, I'd be happy. Okay, great. What are you actually doing? Like, what are the actual executionable steps that you're taking every single day to build revenue in the business? Because to me, if there's a sales call on your calendar and you reschedule it because you need to take a break, you might as well quit doing this. And that's not to be defamatory, man, because look, you need a break. I'm talking to you in my living room right now. Today was a vacation day for me. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, well, I held my commitment. I told, I told Joe, no matter what, I'm going to be on this show today. 
here I am. I needed a, I needed a day. I said, I need a break, but I held my commitment to the thing that I said I was going to be there for. And, and the reason why people get in, and I'm going to go deeper into this. So people need to hold on and really hear this. As you get deeper into this rabbit hole of entrepreneurship, you're going to discover things about yourself that you didn't know were there. Yeah. Some of those things are going to be beautiful. They're going to show your resiliency. They're going to show your power. They're going to show what you're made of. Some of those things are really dark. And some of those things are going to show you that in your brain is going to say, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. And the only way you work through that is you have to change the mentality that you have about that and stop making excuses and face the fear of sending the newsletter or launching the podcast or making the sales call, calling the lead, fucking follow up for God's sakes. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and in that, here's the thing, though, um, this is where the depth, I'm going to start now. I haven't started yet. Now I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you where the depth is. What you have to understand growing up is that your brain serves a thing. And, and in general, your brain serves a, a very simple purpose, survival. Everyone's always heard this. But what they don't understand is in your developmental years, as you're coming up, your brain is making meaning of the stimulus of the environment that you're in. And it's assessing, assessing whether or not you are safe or in danger. If you're safe, it puts it on a shelf over here. Your brain says, that's fine. Do it again. If you're in danger, the brain puts it over here and says, absolutely never do that again. Snake, right? Mm -hmm. And so as you're going through that, you're making meaning of all these experiences. One of the things that you really have to understand is in that developmental process when it comes to that stimulus is that when it is other people involved in it, because we are a communal species and the most dangerous thing that you can do is be ostracized from the community when you are in a situation in which someone judges you, shames you, ridicules you, your brain immediately says, oh no, don't do that. Imagine, Joe, you're in Miss Smith's class, right? third grade, you're coloring, she gives you a house, you start coloring the house, you decide to make the sun purple. Mm -hmm. And Miss Smith comes up to you, she goes, Joe, the sun's not purple. And she laughs, and the class laughs. And as an adult, you you hear that and you go, well, that's not a big deal. But as a nine year old, yeah, your huge. brain goes, holy crap, everybody in this room just judged me. I can never be myself again, or I'm in trouble. And what happens is your brain says, I can't be me. I can't show up as myself. I can't have my wants, my needs, my interests, no boundaries, become a chameleon, placate, bend yourself to the world for safety. And the worst part about that, Joe, is that serves you. For me, that served me. The most mm -hmm. dangerous thing, the fastest way for my stepdad to slam my face into a wall was to have an opinion. And so I learned to not be me and you learn not to be you. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't have to be this crazy shit like mine. Sometimes it's this really small shit like I just laid out. And so after that stops serving you because you're 22, 37, 52 years old, the thing that you have to really be able to track, and this is why that adage, know thyself is so important. You need to understand causation and correlation, meaning effectively rhyme and reason. Why do you behave like this? Well, okay, I avoid sales calls. I don't follow up and I don't tell anybody about my product because when I was nine years old, Miss Smith ostracized me for the idea that I have that felt true about who I was. Well, shit. You mean to tell me that one thing that in passing probably didn't matter actually matters a lot? Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why you're not having success because you're not sitting in the truth of asking yourself why you do the things that you do or don't do the things that you do. And in that, you have to get nakedly and unabashedly honest with yourself. And guess what? You ain't going to like what you find out. Sure. But if you want to be successful, you've got to find out. And look, success doesn't even mean you know, I got to make a million dollars a year. For me, simply, success is as long as I go look in that fucking mirror and I'm okay with who I am, that's everything. 
that is everything to me. Whether I make $100,000 or $100 million, I don't care. And, and that's the thing. You've got to know yourself. And so if you're to answer your question, probably in the longest way humanly possible, it really does come down to being able to create a framework of understanding about what led you to this moment, sitting in that in truth and honesty, not beating yourself up, having some grace, some grace for yourself and just simply going, you know what? I understand that now. And then making a decision. Are you going to continue to let that thing be in the way of your success? Or are you going to shut up and do something about it? Yeah, no, that, Again, a ton of very good stuff. So how do people start to open that up? Because like, I'm hearing what you're saying, but like you said, most people don't like to go into the dark place. Most people don't like to deal with, you know, the stuff that holds them back or they're afraid of. So how do they start to step into that and make the changes? Yeah, by stepping into it and making the changes. You know, it's like, how, how, do, you, how do you write a book? You sit down, you write a book. How do you start a podcast? You sit down, you start a podcast. Right now, of course, there's interventions here. There's therapy, there's group coaching, there's men's, you know, there, you name it, it's there. Maybe it's AA for you, right? Maybe it's, you know, Sex Addicts Anonymous for you. Maybe it's a Reddit forum. I don't know. It's different for everybody. But the one thing I'll tell you that I think holds true across all of this is you take a pen and a piece of paper and you start writing your story. Like, seriously. So I've written three books. Two of them are published. One comes out in October, but there's a fourth book that is sitting on my drive folder right now. That's about, I don't know, 97,000 words long. Mm -hmm. And it's my life story. And I wrote it for me because I needed to understand me. Yeah. And I think that if you're willing to understand you, you're going to find out. But look, you have to be willing to face that darkness, man, because, you know, it's in all of us. We all got it. If you're, you know, the, the thing I tell people all the time, if you're around people who are happy all the time, you need to get away from them. <laughs> yeah. You need to run because those people are probably not. And it's only a matter of time before an explosion happens. And that happens across the board. If you're dogmatic about anything specifically, like you need to really reflect on that. And so if you're in this place and you're like, I really, really, really want to figure out why I'm stuck. You sit down on the edge of your bed in silence and you ruminate on your reality. And what you're going to find is going to be the truth. And that's the thing you have to assess. You know, when, when, I, when I look at the pivotal shift in this for me, being 26, 27, it was like, I knew not to smoke cigarettes. I knew not to drink every night. I knew not to get high every day. I knew not to cheat on my girlfriend. I knew to go to the gym and not eat McDonald's fucking 10 times a week. You know what to do. Yep. Do it. And that's going to be the way that you discover who you are. Yeah, when it, it, it's taking that accountability and ownership of where you're at and what you're doing, who you are as a person, which I think most of society doesn't want to do. But if you're going to create something, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to go in because you're the secret sauce. You're the, the one distinction in what you're building with your business in your life. Now, that, that makes a lot of sense. So how do you go from there? So you, you, you start addressing it. You start moving through it. And then is it just test and try, keep moving forward, do a little bit better, stack the wins? Is that, that the path you say to go or? Yeah, look, I, you know, I think anybody who's like, you can make up your mind and do a 180 and life's going to be different is very foolhardy. Um, and I've never seen that hold true ever in any circumstance. You know, we, you have to think like if you've, the behavior patterns, here, here's what I would tell people. If I could go back in time, I would actually hire a coach before I hired a therapist. And it's not that they're, I'm not being defamatory towards therapists. So let's be clear before somebody tries to cancel me. Um, what I'm saying is that the most important thing that you can do is start changing your behavioral patterns today, right now. Start changing your attitude, start changing your mindset and your thought process, start moving towards who it is that you believe you are. And day by day, you will iterate. And through that iteration, you will better understand the truth about yourself. And in that, you'll also learn how to be more compassionate. 
how to have more empathy for yourself, how to have more grace for yourself. And in that, one of the things that's really fascinating that will start to happen is you will also start to show up more in your life. And so where I love therapy, because it helps you really understand causation and correlation, rhyme and reason, I particularly am fond of coaching at the beginning, not because you necessarily need somebody to put a foot in your ass, which you probably do, right? Truth be told. But more importantly, you need somebody who's done the thing you're trying to do to show you how to do that thing. And I tell people all the time, you come into coaching with me, you're circumventing a decade and a quarter million dollars invested in myself, you know, for 10 grand or whatever it might be. And, and that's the thing, right? That that's the thing you're, you're in a position to be more successful, or you can do it like I did it the hard way, but ultimately either way, it truly is about the behaviors. It's about the actions. It's about the accountability. Like, and people are like, I, I need an accountability buddy. No, you don't. You need a fucking mirror. Yeah. You need a mirror and you need to hold yourself accountable. Cause look, here's the truth. 27 years old. I had zero confidence. Here I am driving an $85,000 car, quarter million dollars worth of clothes in my closet, which is very stupid, by the way. Let's be very clear about that. And, and both of those things, right? And, and I had no confidence, none. Well, how did I build confidence? Well, I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking every day. I stopped eating McDonald's. I stopped all the things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. And I started doing the things that I knew I should be doing. And slowly, you know, a decade of work later, and I'm still doing it every single day, it's about showing up. Because if you, here, here's a really interesting thing. And I love that what I'm about to say, personally, I love it, even though I came up with it, because especially in entrepreneurship and business, this holds true more than probably anything else I could say on a business conversation. How can you possibly trust my commitment to you if I don't trust my commitment to me. Damn. No, that's, that's really good. That, that's it in a nutshell. Wow. No, like, yeah. Like, you can't. There's no way you can. If, if I can't trust that you're going to do the thing you say you're going to do, how can I trust what you tell me to do or suggest I do? Yeah. If, 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 if you know, I go and I find myself a coach, now, I'm, now, I will say this. There's an evolution to this, right? It took a long time to get to this because I'm the same dude who wouldn't spend $5 on a book who now has been personally mentored by Grant Cardone, who's a business partner and invested into Think Unbroken, by Tom Bilyeu, who for the last six years has spoken so highly into my life and changed everything for me, to Tony Robbins, who I get to spend time with and learn. Like, that shit costs money, dude. Yes, it does. Yep. Right? And if I wasn't keeping my commitment to myself to say, find a way to get there, we would not be having this conversation right now. And more so, if we're sitting here having this conversation, and let's say I'm selling you, right? I'm like, here's the program, here's the thing, here's, here's all the stuff for you to do. And look, I'm not trying to be an asshole with what I'm about to say, but I really want people to hear what I'm about to say. I was at one point in my life, 350 pounds. You can, there's pictures. You don't believe me? Go find them. They're on the internet. It's 350 pounds. If I were a personal trainer and I tell you, Joe, I'm going to help you get in the best shape of your life. And I'm 350 pounds. I'm what do you no. think your percentage of success on that's going to be? Uh, zero to none. Zero to none, right? Nothing. Yeah. And if you hire me, you have lied to yourself because you're looking for a cop out. Yep. Right. And so today now looking at my life, obviously not 350 pounds, not smoking, not drinking, living a life of abundance, living a life of uh, happiness and peace and joy and fulfillment and chaos, of course, because it's life. Yep. Would you hire someone who looks at the thing that you want? Yeah. And if not, don't hire them. It makes sense. Because they're not going to follow sense. through. Yeah. When I think people, we're in the day and age of people like the idea of being coaches, but they really don't always have a actual niche or something that they can do stuff with. Like 
for me, I do sales coaching, right? But I've done sales for 15 years. I understand that vein. But I wouldn't go and try and tell someone or teach someone on accounting or something that I have no concept of because it makes no sense. Why are you going to go and just hire someone that has an idea about it, but doesn't have the skill set? You know, like you talk with Grant Cardone about sales, I'm sure, because he's a master of sales. Tony Robbins, inspiration. You know, you have different people in your life that will pull you, but they have the fruit of it. Tom Ballou nice. is amazing. Like I've watched him. He has a billion dollar company. Like yeah. I was when you were talking about the YouTube stuff, I, I used to watch Tom Ballou and Gary Vee. Back in the day when I was struggling, trying to get through stuff, dealing with stuff, and those guys changed my life. So like when you mentioned them, like instant credibility in my mind with you because I know who you work with. Yeah. Well, and look, and, and but here's the thing too, keep in mind, I mean, there's a period of time where those people were untouchable to me. Like you can go look it up six and a half, almost seven years ago. I was on the very, one of the very first episodes of Ask Gary V Show, Right. I just, I just started putting myself out there, starting believing I could be in contact with these people, starting to look at there's, I have a copy of a success magazine that has Gary and Tom and Tony and Rachel Hollis and Michelle or Marie Forleo and, and Prince EA on it. And I look at that. It's on my desk at my office and I go, I'm going to be on the cover of that magazine with them one day. You have to believe this shit. You have to visualize it. You have to look at it and say it is possible. And, and look, I think people get really, the idea about money is conflated and people will say, I'm going to close my eyes and visualize a million dollars. Yeah, that's great. But how are you actually going to get there? Yeah. Right. And so when I close my eyes and I think about building businesses, relationships, friendships, I go, how do I get there? What are the step-by-step -step executionable processes? You know, the, one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves is that we'll magic it into existence, yeah. right? There's no Disney moment. Nobody's coming to save you. People are like, yeah, I'm doing it for my kids. Dude, nobody cares. Your kids do not care about your dreams. Nope. They don't. They, they care do about care. theirs. Exactly. And, and the thing is, and I know this is hard to hear and people want to hear these shows for inspiration and rah, rah, but I'm just keeping it real with you. Because if you don't follow through and execute on some of the things that I'm saying, it's not going to be different. And it's not that I'm perfect. And people will be like, well, what's the biggest business you've built? 5.5 million. So if you build on thing over 5.5 million, I'm probably not your guy, right? Mm -hmm. But this isn't called the 5.5 million podcast. No, and so, and so these are baseline foundational tools that you can start executing against today to see results. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, but it, like it all starts, it's people are always like, well, what's step one, dude, step one is all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the whole purpose of me starting this podcast was getting people to a spot where they could start to actually dream and not have financial pressure. Cause if you make over a hundred thousand a year, you're not worried about paying bills normally, unless you're really bad with your money. You know, yeah. like when I finally got over it, I was like, I went and did the trips, did all the stuff. I'm like, well, what now? what now? And I was like, well, I want to help dads and people that are like me that want to, you know, be able to dream. So that's why I started the podcast. And I just love what you said. You started where you're at, you visualize it, but you had a purpose in your visualization. It wasn't a million dollars. So it's, I'm going to be connected with these people. I'm going to help these people. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I look at this and I saw even my dreams of the future, right? Well, how did I, what did I tell you at the very beginning of this? My mission is to end generational trauma in my lifetime. So another kid doesn't have a story like mine. That's the yeah. dream. I know exactly what I'm doing every day, Joe. And you can't do that. Like, I believe, and I've heard Russell Brunson say this a lot over the course of the last, and you know, that he's a dude I don't give enough credit to. I love Russell. He's an amazing human being. Um, look at the world that we live in and think about it. The only people who are, this is Russell's words, not mine. I'll be clear. He said, entrepreneurs are the people who are going to change the world forever. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Because your dream, your mission, your message, your voice, it matters. And nobody's going to hear it if you don't shout from the fucking rooftops. Yep. And the only way you're going to have the confidence to do it is by doing it. Yes. And that's the hardest truth about this journey. Yeah. Well, and, and I think about that now because this podcast is a year old and I dropped episode 80 last week. And Amazing. it's like in the beginning, it's like there's no one listening. And then you have to just keep showing up and keep showing up and keep doing the thing. And I thought back just from what you're saying to my life, every time I've won, every time I've gotten those success, 
I might not have been the most talented, the best looking, the best idea. I just kept executing and learning and growing and just kept doing it. And I think that's the key that people miss. It's not that you had to be perfect. You'd have to be perfectly you. Yeah. And you just got to keep going and, and trust that you're making the right decision, but also, and I want to say something I think is really important. Like if you wake up tomorrow and you don't want to do it anymore, then quit. Mm-hmm. Know thyself. I tell people all the time, like, yo, I got one of the biggest podcasts on planet earth. If I wake up tomorrow and I don't want to do it anymore, Joe, it is dead. I'm killing it immediately. Why? You have to honor yourself first. You have to. If I want to wake up, if I wake up tomorrow and I don't want to do Think Unbroken anymore, it's gone forever. And that's the thing people need to understand is not being dogmatic, even in your own experience and giving yourself permission to change. Because the same dogma about continuing to see it through when you're not passionate about it is the same dogma that keeps you stuck at $60,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like you're blowing my mind today. Literally. And I've had a lot of different people on here speaking, but just this whole, I think that people are so afraid that if they start something and they quit, they're going to be looked at as a failure. When then what you're saying is, is try things, do things. If it's not serving you anymore, stop it. It's that yeah. simple. But we try to, we get so caught up in, well, how am I going to look instead of who am I going to impact? Nobody's watching. So shut up. Yeah. That's what I think about it. Like nobody's watching. It's fine. Yeah. Go do I, I'll do a social experiment on social media. Sometimes I'll post something really polarizing that I know is going to piss people off mm-hmm. just to see what happens. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I'm going to tell you why I do that because of the way that attention moves in this space, in this world, in society today for 24 hours, you're going to get destroyed. And at 25 hours, nobody's going to care anymore. Yep. So you might as well go and do the thing that you want to do. Yeah. It's crazy though, because most people get caught up in doing what other people want them to do or other stuff. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten to the point where I've just started to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to do what I like to do. I do the podcast. I like doing podcasts. I help people with sales coaching because I like doing that. I travel because I like doing that. And if I don't like doing it anymore, why do we do it? That's just, that's a really good point, man. Yeah. Well, and, and look, and it's about not beating yourself up because you change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind. That's growth. The ultimate fixed mindset is doing the thing that you don't want to do because you think other people want you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned this earlier and I related with you with this. I grew up in the Midwest and you're like, yeah, you go into the factory and you see the stuff and no offense to people if that's what they want to do. But it's like most of the people I met in a factory, they're already dead. They're yeah. just punching the time clock. And, yeah. and look, and look, for, like we have to be very, very realistic about that. Because for some people, that is going to be that thing that provides for their family, that takes mm-hmm. care of them, that covers the medical bills, and, and they may not even have the ambition to learn anything else. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, one of my family members worked at Allison Transmission for 30 years. He makes more money than both of us, I promise you. Mm-hmm. And, and he worked on that assembly line, got in that union, built that thing up, became the head of the union. I bet he cleared, I bet he cleared 100 I, I bet he cleared a million bucks last year. Yeah. You know, and, and like, look, that, that's a one-off, right. But you know, ultimately it's about fulfillment it really is. If you're happy every day, going to be on the similar line, great. But if you're going to complain, dude, shut up. Nobody cares. Yep. Nobody cares. Stop complaining. Stop. Because if you're complaining, that means you're not doing anything about it. And people will always, and you know, you see this, you sales coach people. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you the number one complaint that you get. Well, I always offer them the product and they never want to buy. It's the number one complaint you get. How do I know that? Because I've been in sales my whole life. And the reason why they don't want to buy is because you don't have the skills yet to help them understand why they need to make the purchase. Yep. hundred percent. And that comes from this place of like knowing yet being a very important word that you're not utilizing. You're just simply saying I'm not good enough. So they're not buying. No, 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 no. You're not good enough yet. So they aren't buying. And so it's about the continuation of the growth of the effort of the energy of the sh- trying of the showing up, you know, because it's, 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 that's the process. That's how this works. You don't know enough to be successful yet and you want it, 
because you think you deserve it, but you haven't paid your dues. Yep. And, and your dues aren't necessarily like time. It's learning. It's repetition. It's asking. Because I guarantee you, if you really took everything that you've learned and you paid attention, you could build a $150,000 business in, in 30 days. Mm-hmm. You truly could. But you have to be willing to know your value, know your worth, create an amazing offer, create a sales script. We, dude, I could talk about this all day long. But you have to, it's, what am I saying? Create, 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 create. This is all execution. Yeah. It's all execution. That's entrepreneurship 101. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because you're correct. That is the number one thing I hear. The second thing is, is they don't know their worth. They don't understand the worth. And I'll admit it, I've even dealt with it. I've worked for a million dollar companies. I've sold millions of dollars. But when it comes to me, I'm like, what should I charge that? Shouldn't I charge that? And it's just something I know I need to fix in me that I just need to fix, you know? Charge more. You want to charge more? Charge more. Because look, here's the reality. Like, I I think about this all the time. One-on-one coaching with me is going to cost you more than corporate lawyers make. I'm the best coach in the country, in the world, when it comes to talking about childhood trauma and abuse. Nobody's better than me, period. That's not hubris. It's not. I believe that in my fucking soul. And so if you come sit down with me, like it's not like all of my stuff is for free on the internet. Literally everything. Mm-hmm. It's all there. You can have it all for free. Literally. You want to sit down and you want my time? The number one asset I have in my life. Well, you got to pay for my time. My time is expensive, right? And that comes from knowing my worth. Because when I go back and I look at building my first business, it was a photography studio. My first legal business. I was 25. So it was at the end of working at this Fortune 10. I was like, all right, I want to go build this thing. Dude, I would charge people Groupons. I would put myself on Groupon. Brand new business. You're dis- Here's, dude, let me tell people something really important. If you are starting a company, you are not allowed to put anything on sale ever. Yep. Stop putting shit on sale for two reasons. One, you're devaluing yourself. Two, you're teaching your customers bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And that bad behavior is to wait until you put it on sale. Oh, Joe's going to put that program on sale in 30 days. I might as well wait. Don't ever put anything on sale. If I could teach people that, oh my God, I, I wish they would hold on to that truth. And, and so going back, looking at that, dude, I'd make, I'd work for two or three hours shooting whatever. And I'd make $18. Wow. Not knowing my value. Yeah. And by the end of my photography career, I was making $15,000 on a Saturday, Mm -hmm. right? Your value is only determined by you. Like, think about this. There are people, you want an hour. I'll give you a great example. You want an hour of Grant Cardone's time? It's a quarter million dollars. Yep. Well, that's what he values his time at. You're, You're Tommy and you just started your coaching business and you're charging 35 bucks for an hour? Tommy, you made that choice, brother. Yep. Yep. That's what you determined you are worth. Yeah, that's crazy. I love how you've just reframed that and put it into perspective in a way that just makes sense because you're shrinking time for people. If you actually have a true skill you can help them with, you're shrinking time. So, and then you're devaluing yourself. So you're going to get the coach or the clients that devalue themselves. Oh, they'll pay 35 bucks and then they're going to want to those clients are going to be the fucking biggest pain in your ass. Yep. hundred percent all day. Yeah. I mean, and people listening here, if they're in sales business and all, you all know that the lowest paying customers are the pains. They're the ones that are the pickiest. They want the most, they have the most issues. Yeah. No, Michael, I love that. That that's a great perspective. So what else haven't we talked on? Because normally we go and we can go as long as you want, (laughs) but what what are we missing here? Because like we talked about being you, choosing to change, be yourself. There's been a bunch of different things. What are we missing in this? Anything? You know, I I think the most important thing that people need to do, and this is going to sound counter to everything I just said, but life is always a dichotomy. Life Life is always this and that right? It's not this or that. It's this and that. The the space that you have to get into is the freedom of letting go, of letting go of the past, 
It's gone. Joe, everything I've said is gone. I cannot get a second of this conversation back. And you have to let go of the future because it hasn't happened yet. And that thing that you're trapped in this idea about who you have to become, you don't know yet because you're not there. And instead, what you need to do is let go of both of those things. And this might be the most woo-woo shit about me. And that's because the present moment is the only moment that counts. When I go to restaurants with my, here, I'll give you an analogy that I think will help. When I go to restaurants with my friends or whoever, it doesn't matter. And if I get there first and I put my name on the list, you know, next to your name, what does it always ask you for? The time. Yep. It always wants to know the time. I'm like, why? Why do you need no time? It's your restaurant. I'm here. Give me a table. And there's always the time on there. And every single time that I'm there and I put my name on the list under time, I write now. Joe, the time is now. It's not yesterday. It's not tomorrow. It's not 37 seconds ago. It is now. So if you let go of all the things that you cannot hold on to because they have gone and all the things that you cannot touch because they have not yet existed, you will find this space of equilibrium. I love that. I love that. Yeah, being present in the moment. This is the only time you have. Like you said, you can't go in the past. You can't go in the future. You can only be now. Where can people find you at, Michael? Yep. Yeah, man, I'm everywhere at Michael Unbroken on all the socials. Um, you can download my first book, Think Unbroken, literally for free on ebook. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, um, that's book.thinkunbroken.com. If you want to buy the book, I really don't care. Not my mission to sell books. My mission is to end generational trauma. I love it. I, I do. Michael, thank you for being on my show. I appreciate you. Um, and for everyone listening, thank you as well. Share this episode. There's many people that need to hear Michael's story. And until next time, have an awesome, wonderful night. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.